the, the, the mental health consequences of, of this situation are, are, are dire. And, and you know, that, that that level of fear and anxiety that, that, that is within households and with, with, within communities is, is really sort of quite destructive, you know, and, and, and um, you know, one, one can think that, you know, and again, you know, during the pandemic as well, you know, that, that you know, sort of where people are fearful of the disease, fearful of getting sick and that gnawing anxiety that, we, you know, that you're sick and, and you're liking, you're, I suppose, trying to persuade yourself that there's nothing wrong with you because you're as much fearful about the, the, the financial costs as the, um, the health costs to, to you. So, you know, this automatically leads to uh, people delaying, say, getting cancer screenings and stuff like that. You know, they, they, they might get start developing symptoms and they think, oh, oh, no, my God, that, that doesn't look good. But, you know, the persuading themselves, there's nothing wrong. And, you know, I, I mustn't get treated. And it's as much that they're thinking, oh, my goodness, if I really am sick now, then we're going to have to make some awful decisions as, as a household as to whether I go through with treatment or not. And, and you know, it's very, very common, of course, you know, that, that say in, uh, you know, poor countries with, which aren't publicly financed, that people may say start uh, courses of chemotherapy or something like that. And, and then, then sort of have its awful calculation, you know, like sort of, is it worth me continuing with this and spending thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars, whatever, plunging their household into poverty on a one in five chance that I might survive? Or should I just throw the towel in now and die and save my family the money? Now, I mean, what an awful thing to do. And, um, but again, once you're in a universal health system, it, it's just, you go and get the treatment. And, and, and you know, that we're very lucky in the UK, but it's, we're not unique at all. I mean, good grief, it, it's the majority, every single OECD country in the world, apart from the United States, that is the norm, that you, you basically get the best treatment um, because society as a whole agrees to pay for it. I think there's something interesting though, with the parallel between like a cancer treatment, talking to your family, deciding if you're gonna go forward with medication and whatnot, and women in Haiti uh, in labor needing a C-section to save their lives or their baby's life. It's, it's an urgent emergency. We don't have time for conversations or to discuss finances yeah. um, and how quickly their lives are changed yes. just in, and dramatically from that point. Because I hear you when you say like, you know, we got, we have options. We can either throw in the towel and just die at home or we could finance this or we could just go fund me and I'm probably going to be incarcerated with my baby if I live, if my baby lives. I mean, I heard a story when I was in Haiti of a woman, I might even heard a story. I met this grandmother who came to the birth center with this baby. The mother had passed away. And they held the body hostage. Yeah. And so she was able to pay the debt from the C-section to get the body from the yeah. hospital. I mean, these are the extreme cases, but they're really common. Very common in Kenya. The detentions of bodies, very, very common in, in, in Kenya. And you're absolutely right, China, because um, where, where people are on sort of long-term chronic medication or, or something like that, you know, the decision to stop will often be 
in a non-emergency situation, someone will be at home and, and you know, that then it will be a gradual deterioration. The, the phenomenon of detentions often takes place, obviously, in hospital. Someone's in hospital, uh, having just had a life-saving operation. And, it, you know, C-sections are very common. Also happens with, say, um, motor accidents or, or, or sort of major trauma. And there, you know, a, a family will often be pleading with the, the, you know, the doctors to go ahead with the, the treatment. They might say, come up with a down payment and, and say, you know, look, here, here's some money. We've got lots of money. We just need to raise the money. And then the operation's done. And I mean, you would do exactly the same thing, wouldn't you? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, people are lying about about their sort of financial resources or just hoping that they are going to be able to raise this money uh quickly um and the and you know that to be fair to the doctors you know to have a, someone dying you know in front of you on, on the operating table you know they they will feel sympathetic but then the bill is presented and it just becomes apparent that people haven't got the money and then it leads to this this detention situation. So you're absolutely right. It's associated with basically surgical emergencies. I would say that most of them tend to be surgical emergencies. 